Hello and welcome to the Your Gym Big Sister podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this. How are we all doing this week? I am back in Burlington. That rolls off the tongue. I am back from Seattle. I hope everybody enjoyed last week's episode with Shane. I have to say, I've gotten so much really nice feedback from it. Lots of people said that um, it made them laugh quite a lot, which makes me happy um, to hear that you got a bit of a chuckle, hopefully a bit of value as well. Um, and who knows, maybe we'll get him back on one day, one day. We'll see, we'll see. Um, but yeah, thank you so much to everybody for the wonderful feedback. And yeah, like I said, I'm back home now. Obviously had an amazing time away in Seattle. It was actually a really, really fun trip. Um, we were there, we were only there for four days really, but it felt like I was there for fucking ages. Um, very impressed with Seattle. I have to say, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, the only thing I'd really heard <clears throat> about Seattle is that it rains there all the time <laughs> or just in Washington in general, um, which first of all, guys, okay. Now I'm geographically challenged. There's no denying that, right? I've, I've no idea where things are, but in my mind, I live in Toronto, like I live in Canada. If I'm going to somewhere in America, it's probably two hours away. I know America's fucking huge. I know this, but in my head, if it's in America, it's like a two hour flight. No, no. Seattle, five and a half hours, five and a half hour flight. It takes me six and a half hours to get to Ireland. Like I might as well have gone home. I couldn't believe it. Um, so I was definitely dreading the flight. I was like, fuck this. It's going to be so long, which it actually didn't end up being that bad, especially the one over there because I just fell asleep because it was at like 9 p.m. at night. So yeah, I was all over the place when we kind of landed. And I was also a little bit jet lagged because they're three hours behind, but I just couldn't get over the length of the flight. Like I just, like, it felt like a big commitment. <laughs> you know what I mean? For a four day trip. But either way, I'm glad we went. It was a lot of fun. I'd say anybody who's like Canadian or American is probably listening to me like, you dumb bitch. I know, I know. Look, I'm just like, I'm, I think it's just, I'm used to like Europe. So, you know, like realistically, most places I'm going in Europe, it's like two, two and a half hours. It doesn't matter where I'm going. That's usually the length of the flight. So maybe that's like where my association is. But anyway, um, but obviously I was there to see WMBF Worlds which was fun again. Um, so I obviously did that show last year. It was my last show of the season and obviously very nostalgic, like being, not, not being back there because when I competed, it was in LA, which way better venue um, or way better location, but just kind of remembering my last show last year and all of the feelings. And they were really lucky this year, the competitors, because it was a two day show. So all the amateurs went the day before and it was finished by like 5 p.m. I wasn't even on stage at 5 p.m. I think I got on stage at like 7 p.m. last year because they did all the pros first in the morning. So show days when you're just like sitting around like waiting to get on stage are honestly atrocious because you can't really like drink much water. At least I wouldn't, I wasn't, you can't really eat anything. Like you can't really enjoy it because you're just wanting all the classes to be finished as quickly as possible. So it was really nice to just be there and watching and, you know, not be starving <laughs> and be able to drink as much water as I wanted. Um, obviously nice to see everybody, met up with a lot of my friends as well. I trained legs with AJ, my old coach, which was a lot of fun too. Um, he's obviously been one of the biggest influences on my own training so it was really cool to uh get to train with him we absolutely he fucking annihilated my legs on the cybex hacks as per always um also a lot of nice food eaten seattle i have to say i was really impressed with the food um 
went to the original Starbucks. Oh my God, I was in heaven. I mean, okay, that's a bit of a fucking over-exaggeration. It was just another Starbucks, but it was the first one. So, you know, my inner, my inner white girl was like, ah, oh my God, I'm at the original Starbucks. It's where they invented coffee. <laughs> it's not what they did. Um, so that was nice. And yeah, just lots of nice like snacks and stuff or like little food vendor stalls, especially down at the Pike Place Market, which was, oh my God, just so much, so much amazing food. We got these amazing donuts. Um, just had some really nice meals out and stuff. So yeah, it was, it was definitely a very foodie trip, which I wasn't expecting, but it is what it is. I also, also, I forgot my food scales, which very unlike me. So I just didn't weigh any food for a few days. Now, to some people, they'd be like, fucking so what? But I can't remember the last time I did that. I mean, like rarely, maybe for like a day, at Christmas or you know post-show for like the few days but generally I always weigh my food because I don't mind doing it so at first I kind of freaked out a bit and I was like oh my god can't can't not weigh my food and then I was like bitch you've been weighing your food for 10 years I think you'll be okay um and I was (laughs) so yeah um also finally got to go to Cheesecake Factory and enjoy it so for anybody who wasn't following me last year or no you know I don't think I've ever really mentioned it much maybe here there in podcast but last year after we competed and I got off stage for the last time um team 3DMJ so if anybody doesn't know them they're like this really big american uh, natural bodybuilding coaching company brand uh my boyfriend was coached by them and they were like oh you guys should come to cheesecake factory with us and we were like yeah sure but i'd eaten like a bite of like 12 donuts <laughs> so and you know while it might not have been a lot of food in totality for my little poor body after 31 weeks of dieting it was too much food so I spent the entire time at the Cheesecake Factory wanting to vomit (laughs) eventually did get sick and I got like a burger and I just remember thinking this is the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life so I always assumed Cheesecake Factory was just shite I was like no it's just it's not good and everyone was like "Mm, I'm pretty sure the food is quite nice there and I was like it's not it's it's disgusting um so anyway we went back and I redeemed myself and oh my god the food was really fucking good i got this like spicy rigatoni vodka pasta oh it's really nice i would never normally get pasta but i just really wanted it so I was like yeah fuck it gorge and then the hershey's cheesecake oh my god it was so nice and it was also just a cool experience there was like 30 of us there um and i once again was sitting beside dr eric helms for like three hours just having the chats which if you don't know who he is he is like he he's he's like the goat of evidence-based bodybuilding um like he's a fucking legend and he is so fucking nice as well in person like I've met people who you know I've maybe followed online and sometimes they're not quite the same in person and it's it's disappointing when that happens he is even nicer in person just just so cool I want to be him when I grow up <laughs> um and yeah, it was just fun. It was really nice times and I had a great time. Obviously did feel a bit like off kilter being out of routine. I just always don't feel my best. Um, and I was definitely quite stressed about not being at home. But it's so funny because I obviously have this job and I can travel and I can work from anywhere. And that's amazing. But I'm also very much a homebody and I like to just wake up, do the same thing every single day. I know it's boring. I know it is, but I'm a boring person and I actually don't even care. Like, I think when you're younger, I know for me when I was younger, I would do things I didn't want to do because I didn't want to be seen as boring. Like I would drink or go out. And even if I didn't really want to, like even if I would have preferred to stay in and do nothing. And I used to think that that meant there was something wrong with me. And fuck it, there's nothing wrong with me. I just like doing that. Okay, so I'm going to own it. That's why I'm a good bodybuilder. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like doing the same shit every single day. Although now I just said I'm a good bodybuilder. It definitely wasn't a very optimal week for bodybuilding, if I'm being honest. I actually missed some sessions, which is very unlike me, but it was just the way that the show ran. And then, oh guys. So Saturday night we were driving, <laughs> we were driving back from the show and it was like 6 p.m. and we were supposed to go to the gym. Um, and we were in the car <laughs> with other people in the car and I got this notification, bearing in mind my flight home was on Monday. So I get this notification on my phone from Airbnb and it was like, ready to check out? And I was like, I can assure you I most certainly am not ready to check out Airbnb because my flight is on Monday and I am leaving on Monday. Turns out one of us, and it might be me, it was me, accidentally booked the Airbnb until Sunday, not Monday. So I was like trying not to freak the fuck out. I was like, okay, we have nowhere to stay tomorrow. We also have to like pack everything now and leave in the morning because we knew we had to go to the show the next morning and we were going to have to check out. And I was just sitting there like, fuck, 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 fuck. So anyway, I managed to find somewhere for us to say. It wasn't that big of a deal, but then we we didn't end up going to the gym because I had to like get everything packed and everything prepped for the next day. And then with the way that the flights were, I just didn't train again until Tuesday. And when I went, was going back into the gym on Tuesday, I was, I had the fear and I don't even know why. I don't know why. It was like, I just had anxiety about going back to the gym. I'd missed three days. So that was a bit strange, but got the first session done and I'm flying again. But yeah, it wasn't the best week for bodybuilding. Obviously my, my food wasn't even great. Missed two cardio sessions. Like I was definitely beating myself up a lot on Tuesday morning. Like I was out with Shane for a walk and I was like, do you know what? Like I just, I'm not, it's, it's not good enough. Like I should have higher standards. I should have worked harder. But, and he's just sitting there like, okay. <laughs> but now that I've zoomed out and gotten some perspective, I realize that like, it's fine. Like it's really not that big of a deal. What am I going to remember when I'm 60 um, or 80 or 90 or hundred on my deathbed? Am I going to remember a few days of being perfectly on plan? Or am I going to remember the fun trip to Seattle where I had a nice time, I ate some nice food and I met some nice people? You know, I know what's more important to me. Um, and yeah, okay, maybe I'd be a better bodybuilder if I didn't allow myself to do those things. But I'm not just a bodybuilder. There's other parts of me that are also important. And yeah, those things matter more sometimes. Again, like within reason. Um, obviously, I was also in Orlando and that wasn't the most optimal in terms of bodybuilding. I didn't miss any sessions then, so it wasn't that bad. But regardless, it is what it is. It's done now. I'm just going to get the rest of my sessions done this week and we'll be flying again and it will be fine. And I'm not going to dissolve into a puddle of no muscle. <laughs> So yeah, I just think it's worth worth it worth talking about because as much as I, you know, want to be optimal bodybuilder, really good, I'm also a fucking human and I never lie about that. Um, I'm always very open about what I do. So there you go. Anyway, um, I do also have a feeling I'm getting sick, <laughs> which isn't that fun. My readiness on my aura ring has been like super low the last few days. It was like 40 the other day and I'd gotten like seven hours of sleep, which never happens. Um, and I also have the most gorgeous cold sore, uh, which I never get those, like ever, 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 unless I'm like run down. Um, which I mean, like it makes sense because I was around so many people this weekend and I don't normally tend to do that. <laughs> the person I spend the most time with is Shane. So, you know, when I am in an environment around a lot of other people, uh, I am more likely to get a little bit sick. So I'm just... I feel fine. Like I feel absolutely fine. Training's fine. Like I don't have like any headaches or fevers. So I'm just hoping if I keep taking vitamin C and being smart and eating my fruits and my veggies over the next few days, that I will get better quickly or just not get sick because I've two weeks until I go to New York and then I will be taking a few days off training. So I just refuse to miss any training between now and then. So yeah, 
I'm not allowed to get sick. This is also why I'm very grateful that I don't record this podcast and post on YouTube because I look like a hot fucking mess right now. It's fine. Your girl needs to do her tan. That's tonight because I'm just, I'm like a pale ghost. Anyway, okay. What else? I think that's all the updates on me, really. Um, I think we are potentially going to be doing a bit of a mini diet in January, which I kind of, like, at first I was like, oh, you know, I'm okay. Like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of riding the wave of off season, but I think I just missed the buzz of dieting. Like, I miss, you know, I was saying to Shane, like, say if this weekend had happened and I was dieting, I would not have missed anything. I wouldn't have missed a cardio. I wouldn't have missed training. Like, I would have made sure it all got done, but it is easy when you're in an off season, like, like fully transparently to be a bit more like, meh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And like, I, I think there's utility in that. Like, if I was like that every single day of the year, I'd be so burnt out by the time I got to prep that I wouldn't want to do it. But I like how productive I am when I'm dieting. Like, I like how, like, okay, militant routine, everything has to get done. I kind of, you know, I'm looking forward to that a little bit. And also just, like, like I, like, I can definitely feel my appetite is, like, it's not bad. Like, like I, I will eat no matter what. Like, I, I've never gotten to the point where I physically can't eat. But I'm not as hungry. Um, so hopefully, if I do a bit of a diet, that'll kind of fix that. But, Yeah. I'm kind of in two minds about dieting. Like part of me is like, oh, I'm not really that bothered because I feel quite comfortable right now. And then part of me kind of would like to get lean again and just see what my muscle I've actually built because uh, it's hard. Like, especially myself, I gain basically the majority of my weight in my midsection, which makes it so hard to see what my shape is like. It was the same when I was competing in figure, like my waist is tiny when I'm lean. It's really small. And so it makes the rest of me look really big. But when I'm a little bit chunky, I just look like it's, it just, it gives fridge. That's, that's, there's no other way about it. It's the, the look I have, it's fridge. Um, it's very much tub of lard. So, and it's fine. It's got, I call it a sleeper build. It just means that people don't realize that underneath the fridge, there is a fucking there's something something respectable under there and like everything looks bigger when my waist is smaller like my glutes look bigger my legs look bigger everything so I keep looking back at pictures from my mini diet and being like okay I know that waist is under there and I know I've gotten bigger so it's only gonna look better (laughs) but anyway it is what it is um so I think that's everything in terms like all the updates on me again I love talking about myself don't I this is like my own personal diary again I forget the people are actually listening to this and people know a lot about me um it's so funny because I uh, get a lot of like clients now people come to me from listening to my podcast which is fucking crazy and they're like oh, I feel like I know you and I'm like oh my god you know all my deepest darkest secrets <laughs> but uh it's nice it's I guess it's nice I feel like I'm just talking to mates to be fair um which I kind of am okay so today's episode no before I go there's one more thing I want to mention sorry I'm all over the place oh my god it's very chaotic vibes um I just launched my free excellence coaching community so this is basically a hub where i'm gonna have all of my free resources free guides i've made loads of free stuff over the years and i always just post on instagram as like you know lead magnets um and i know some people like to do the whole like post them all the time and get people in the dms and chat to them I don't really make them for that. Like, I just want to help people. So I'm just going to put them all in that one place so you can go and join that. I'm also going to be putting things like my check-ins there and um, because I can't actually post pictures, like my check-in pictures on Instagram because I'll get shadow banned if I show my bum, okay? But that's like one of the main areas I'm trying to grow. So if you want to <laughs> see my bum weird weird way of advertising that if you want to see my check-ins all the details like i'm obviously a lot more open even on my podcast about what i'm doing but everything in terms of like phases peds all that sort of stuff it's all up there okay so the link will be down below and i'll be posting regularly like you know i've got like mindset mondays and training tip thursdays 
all the alliterations um and there'll be more to come like anytime i like make anything that i think will be useful i'll be posting it in there so you can join and i'd love to see you in there okay today i want to talk about something that i always find i'm talking to clients about and that is redefining your relationship to the word hard and towards like hard things or things that you perceive to be hard because i think a lot of us want things to be easy we do like we want things put in our lap and in this world we live in of immediate gratification and you know every other fucking video i see on instagram is about like here's how to do your easy fat loss you know easy fitness and it's like i think we need to talk about why looking for the easy way out is actually just holding you back from achieving anything worthwhile in life really and if I look at any of the successes I have, like the shows I won last year, you know, doing my prep, building my business, getting my degrees, like any of those things, degrees, I do only have one, <laughs> but it's a good one. Um, but it, it all came from doing like a shit ton of hard stuff, like really fucking hard stuff. But the key is that not only did I survive all the hard stuff, like none of it killed me. Um, if, I, if it had, I wouldn't be here. But actually doing all that hard stuff made me better and it made me who I am. So before I get into the episode, like into the into the depths, uh, please don't forget to rate the podcast, review it, follow it, share it, whatever you do with your podcast. I don't really know, but just make sure that you can always listen to me and always have the sweet sound of my voice in your ears. Okay. Um, leave me a five-star rating, please. Oh, no four-star ratings are below. They're not allowed. Only five-star. Duh. I mean, why would you not give me a five-star? I'm fucking perfect. And if you share this with people that you know, or you want to share it on your story and tag me at emma.curve on Instagram, I will come and give you a big cuddle and maybe a kiss on the cheek. Okay, let's get into it. So, sorry, I feel like... I feel like my voice sounds a bit weird and I don't know if it's just me in my head. I don't know if it's maybe because I'm potentially getting sick or if it's potentially because I am uh, running out of politics. <gasps> People are probably like, there's no difference, but I, I don't know. It's so hard to tell. Okay. Anyway, if I keep stopping, that's why. It's because I'm like, do I sound weird? Um. Yeah. Okay. Why do we avoid hard things? Let's just get into it. The chaotic vibes are continuing stick with me guys um so the first thing i want to kind of talk about is like why we have this aversion to the word hard in the first place because i think a lot of people think that if something feels hard it means that we should avoid it or that that's a signal that we're doing something wrong or that we should just give up you know it's like it's a bad thing and i think again it's just because we want things to feel easy and like there's going to be different psychological and behavioral reasons why we tend to lean towards the easy route and avoid the hard stuff and i think at the crux of it really it's just that we like comfort we like certainty that's what we tend to want to lean into but rather than kind of leaning into the hard stuff but when we when we do the hard things you know and whatever hard like hard hard is subjective what's hard to one person is easy to somebody else and i think like the gym is probably a great example of this like don't get me wrong my sessions are hard and stuff but the act like going to the gym it doesn't really feel that hard because i love it you know but to somebody else who maybe doesn't or they're new to training it it feels very hard okay but to me, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like, there's so many things I, that feel hard to me, like making content, okay? Like making Instagram videos, that feels so hard to me. But to somebody else, that might just feel easy because they enjoy it. So just remember that like hard is subjective. But when we do things that we perceive to be hard, 
it it feels very uncomfortable and we don't like that like our brains don't like feeling out of our depth or feeling like we're going to fail and we tend to associate these difficult things with you know being more likely to fail and that's also something we don't tend to love like we tend to shirk away from failure and you know I'm sure most of us would rather do something where we know we're likely to be successful or we feel competent or confident in doing that thing but if we only ever do the stuff we know we're good at and we always stay in that comfort zone we're never going to grow as people like we're never going to expand our horizons and you know like I said earlier there's just this huge emphasis on instant gratification in society now like I can order something on Amazon Prime and it will arrive tomorrow you know (laughs) like some places you can have it arrive at your house that same day you know if I want food I can have it at my house in 30 minutes um we want like the 30-day shred or the instant abs or like the the overnight success you know we look at the people who one day they have a million followers on Instagram and, and and we want that that immediate gratification and we don't tend to celebrate the delayed gratification or working for things for months or years and there just tends to be this very like negative connotation with the word hard like when I say that something is hard you probably associate that with it being maybe like a bit painful or taxing and if I tell you this is going to be hard you might be a bit like whoa I I don't know if I want to do that. You know, you might hesitate to engage in those activities because, because you think that they're hard. And it's this word hard that when we use it, we probably mean something negative. Okay. And sometimes you might use the excuse that something's too hard for not actually trying it. You know, um, even if, even, even if the task is actually really simple. And I think a great example of this is things like meal prep or like going out on a walk. Like, I'll hear people like, oh, it's just, it's really hard to do meal prep. And I'm like, are you fucking joking me? Like, what the, like, what do you mean it's hard to meal prep? It's not hard. Like, it's, it's not difficult at all, at all. And if you think cooking is difficult, I am sorry, but you need to go out and expose yourself to actual trauma. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But like, Sometimes when I hear people say things like, oh, you, I don't really want to eat like my, my cold food out of Tupperware. Like, well, it's like, cop on to yourself. Like, come on, come on. Do you know what I mean? Or like going out for a walk. And I, I always use this example, like with people, like I will gaslight myself when it comes to those things. Like, cause sometimes it, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I can't believe I have to go out for a walk. Oh, it's going to be hard. Like, is it fuck? You're going to move your, move your feet. You joking me. You're not, you're not fucking like, Usain Bolt about to run a hundred meter sprint like that's hard walking walking for half an hour the thing that you are literally evolved to do not hard not hard okay no so think about the totality of the things that you get subjected to in life like like I've been through some hard shit you know I've been through some grief I've been through some trauma and I bet you have too. So the next time you're like, oh, going out on a walk is hard. Having meals hard. It's like, just remember what actual hard stuff feels like, you know? Um, and I, that might sound a bit like, ugh, other people have it worse, but like you've probably had it worse. Okay. And I think just sometimes it's like reframing that in your head of like the things you say are hard. They might not actually be hard, but you're just using that as an excuse. Okay. Like there's plenty of much harder things you can do than, I don't know, fucking take half an hour to prep some meals. 
Just saying. All right. Um, we also have a tendency to gravitate towards easy things because they require less energy, you know, and that can be physically and mentally as well. Like it requires less energy to sit inside doing nothing than it does to go out on a walk or go and do your cardio or go and do your training, you know? And if we think about this in the context of our evolution, I suppose it kind of makes sense. Like we probably wanted to preserve energy when we didn't always know if food was going to be or energy itself was going to be in continuous supply. But obviously most of us, you know, if you're listening to this, you have a phone, you have access to the internet, you are probably in an environment where there is excessive amounts of energy around, i.e. too much food. So you probably don't need to be worrying about doing easy things to preserve your energy. And you could probably do with doing some harder things, you know, to to use up more of that excess excess energy. Um, We also might've experienced failures in the past, which we tend to associate with hard experiences. So we're less inclined to pursue hard things in the future in case we fail again. And I think this fear of failure is something that comes up a lot here. And I'm going to chat about it a little bit more later on in the episode because it's a topic that I think everybody struggles with. Like nobody likes failing. I think, you know, and we can talk about, oh, it's, it's positive and it makes you better. That's great, but it doesn't mean that it makes it easier in the moment. It's still not very nice to fail, but that doesn't mean that it's negative all the time. And usually there's going to be some sort of a positive payoff down the line from your perceived failures, even if it is just learning what not to do the next time, you know? Um, on top of all this, we are tend, we, we, we tend to be wired to pursue comfort and avoid pain. You know, most of our motivations for doing anything are either because we want to seek the comfort or we want to avoid the pain or a combination of both. Um, and so doing the hard stuff sometimes works in opposition to this in the short term. And that is the key. So, you can avoid doing hard things now and you might get that immediate relief and reward of comfort, okay? And what that then does is make it habitual. So you develop the habit of avoiding hard things because it feels good in the moment. But the offshoot is that usually if you avoid the hard stuff now in favor of making things feel easy, you create a much harder life for yourself down the line because you're making yourself less resilient, less tolerant of discomfort, potentially unhealthier. You know, look, obviously we're, um, uh, this is a fitness podcast. So I'm always going to bring back to fitness, but you know, if you avoid the hard things and instead you sit inside, order takeaway and eat too much food, yeah, it might feel good now. It's not going to feel good in a few years when you are, you know, 40, 50, 60 pounds overweight. You can't get up. You can't walk properly. You like have, you know, terrible type two diabetes. You're potentially at risk of developing cancer. Like these are all realistic outcomes of living an easy life now, you know, and that's the unfortunate reality for a lot of people. If you can learn to do the hard stuff now, you will make it easier for yourself down the line. Do the hard training now, you'll be stronger in your old age, you know, be willing to be a bit hungry now, you probably will be healthier and fitter in in the future. Not all the time. I'm not saying that that's true for everybody at every moment at every time, for a lot of people. Okay. It's, and it's not that all easy stuff is bad or that all hard stuff is good. But in my experience, the stuff that we class as comfortable, like, you know, staying inside when it's raining and not going out for a walk, eating the convenient processed food, ordering the takeaway instead of getting up off your ass and cooking. These things make us unhealthier and they put us in that worst position in the long run. And on the flip side, the hard stuff doing that now, like going to the gym, doing the hard sets, going outside in the rain, being willing to, you know, overcome those cravings, be a little bit hungrier. They're going to put you in a better position in the future. So I think the first thing we need to do is zoom out and understand that just because something is bad does not mean it's hard. Or maybe I should rephrase that. Just because something is hard, doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, that's the right way to say that. Um, 
It does. It also doesn't mean that we should avoid it. Okay. And it doesn't mean that we can't do it. That's a really, really, really key thing. We have to remind ourselves that we are entirely capable of doing hard stuff and that actually hard stuff is what makes us better, you know, in the grand scheme of things, usually. So I want to start with talking about training because I always think that that's like a really good metaphor for everything outside the gym, basically. So obviously, if you've been consuming like literally any of my content, you'll know that I'm very passionate about training, obviously. I'm a bodybuilder, in case you didn't know. And I would hope that anybody who does bodybuilding is quite passionate about training and actually training hard too. And I always talk about you need to be pushing yourself hard in the gym. And I think my love for training and my love for pushing myself in the gym has really changed my own relationship to the word hard because I will be honest I used to avoid hard stuff I used to avoid uncomfortable stuff I was not always the way that I am now okay I wasn't like I would work hard in school or in university and stuff but I think a part of that was because while it was kind of hard it was always something that felt easy to me if that makes sense like I was naturally academic so to speak so sitting down and studying for hours it was always relatively pain-free even if I didn't love it but if something did feel really hard, I'd just avoid it entirely. Like if, you know, I remember I did physics in school for like a year and I just couldn't make, couldn't make sense of it. And instead of pushing myself to make sense of it, I just switched to geography (laughs) because I didn't have to actually work hard to understand that subject. I just had to memorize it. And that's always been what I've been good at is memorizing things. So, you know, I've, I haven't always been the person who embraces and loves hard stuff. And I'm not saying that I'm like some fucking, um, like totally enlightened being who's like I love everything that's hard I still avoid things sometimes okay so a lot of what I'm saying here I'm saying it for myself as much as I'm saying it for other people you know um so I don't want it to come across as I'm saying this from like I'm holier than thou I can do everything hard like no like hmm, not always you know but I like to think I've gotten better at it over the years but obviously I got into the gym I got into training and I started seeing all of these people that I followed and I looked up to really push themselves a lot in the gym and I always talk about how the hard stuff within training is what was making them grow. And I think even just learning about how we build muscle and how we grow and, you know, what's required in our training just started to flip that narrative in my head. So what do I even mean by hard training? You know, I think obviously it's a good question to ask is basically just training close to failure, you know, and I probably don't even need to talk about this again because I talk about it all the time all the time but just in case you're new here or you just need a reminder let's just quickly go into why you need to be training actually hard in the gym if you want to build muscle grow and be be stronger so we know from the research that the actual signal for growing muscle is those last few reps of a set before we reach the point of failure so anything from around like three to four reps before failure all the way up to true muscular failure and these are the ones that feel hard okay they're the ones that slow down involuntarily the ones that we are struggling through like they're painful they're difficult they're challenging and this is because like your body doesn't want to grow it's it's really hard to build muscle it's a very costly process so if you want to grow you have to give your body a fucking reason to and that reason is hard 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 training and you shouldn't be finishing a set and thinking that felt easy ever And if you do, you need to push yourself more and train much harder. So, you know, if you, if you pick a weight and you get 10 reps and you fail on that 10th rep, you know, you're kind of looking at like, okay, reps seven, eight, nine, 10. Those are very, very stimulatory for building muscle. You know, they're going to tell your body, Hey, you should probably grow just in case you ever get challenged with something like this again so that you can handle it. And I now know that 
the if I leave the gym and I feel like it's been a really hard workout, it probably means I'm going to go from it and I'm making progress towards my goals. Or if I'm heading into the gym and I'm feeling a bit anxious because I know I've got a hard workout ahead of me, I also know that if I do it and I get through it, I'm going to be one step closer towards being bigger and being stronger. And I really do think it's the gym that's shown me that the hard stuff doesn't need to be feared and it doesn't need to be avoided. And actually, that's exactly what I have to lean into and embrace if I want to be better and if I want to get better. And in other areas of my fitness journey, I've also been able to apply this same redefined relationship to the hard stuff. I think a great example is prep, of course. You know, I had a lot of really hard days on prep, like energy in the bin, really hungry, moody, a lot of self-doubt, just not, you know, not feeling good. Like there was times I would go on my walks and like, I'd go a bit hypo. I'd nearly think I was going to faint, like not fun. Okay. And as much as those days were really tough, I always knew that they were the days that were inching me closer towards my goals. You know, I knew that because I was pushing my body to a place it had never been, it was going to feel really uncomfortable, really challenging, not very nice and really fucking hard. And so when those days came, I had this almost like sick enjoyment because I knew I'd probably wake up the next day looking leaner or in better condition, or at the very least, it was getting me a bit closer to the stage. And I think sometimes you need to go through these challenges and actually see for yourself in real time that the hard things can be good. And that just because it feels uncomfortable doesn't mean it has to be avoided. And honestly, I just think this is a bit of a philosophical one, but like struggle is what gives life meaning. You know what I mean? Like I don't want stuff to be easy because if it's easy, then everybody can do it. And then it's not valuable at all or worth attaining. You know, is it like, I personally don't think so. Anything I'm proud of, I'm proud of because I know it was fucking hard for me to do it. And I also know that most other people probably wouldn't be willing to do it either. Um, and like, look, I'm not saying that the most valuable thing you can do is get shredded. It's not, it's not at all. It's a very vain pursuit, but it's also very challenging and very difficult. And to be able to say that you've been able to do it, it requires a certain type of grit and resilience. And I think it just goes for like, just generally being in good shape or, you know, just doing things that, you know, other people aren't willing to do and knowing that you had to struggle to get there. I think that's what gives a lot of stuff value and meaning. Um, at least it does for me. You might disagree. And if you do, that's fine. But I don't want to get to the end of my life just being like, yeah, I just had a bit of an easy ride. You know, um, there's a great, I'm trying to think who, it might've been a Chris Williamson podcast. I can't remember, but it was like, if, if you had like a person and you knew that you wanted them to be resilient and determined and, you know, dependable, what would you give them in life? Would you give them an easy ride or would you give them a lot of challenges and obstacles? And you would give them a lot of challenges and obstacles. You would give them hard stuff because the hard stuff is going to teach them to be better. And I think it's just about understanding this and embracing it. So when you start thinking that's hard, it's like, good, good, good that it's hard. It should be. It should be. Okay. And something that I always remind myself of when I was in prep, and I continue to remind myself of this now, is that hard things are temporary much like everything in life, everything, every feeling, thought, emotion, behavior, it's all temporary. And the feeling of something being hard isn't going to last forever. And two of my favorite mantras from prep that I would repeat to myself time and time again were just do it and then it will be done. (laughs) And this applied to everything. Like 
like sitting there knowing I had to do a set in the hack squat or knowing I had to go on a walk or knowing I had to go and do my cardio I would just say to myself if you do it it will be done and I would also always tell myself that the thought of the thing is worse than the thing itself and again in the same scenarios because these mantras just reminded me that the discomfort I was about to feel was always temporary but mostly that the discomfort was really felt in those few preceding seconds of doing the thing or in the avoidance of doing the thing or the procrastination of doing the thing rather than the actual thing itself. Like the set on the hack squat, once I was in it, not that hard. It was those few seconds beforehand trying to pull myself up off the ground and get into it. That was hard, you know, walking out of my apartment, going down into the gym to do my cardio. That was hard. Being on the the cross trainer actually not that hard, um. So those are just two of my favorite things for helping me reframe the the hard moments and the hard things. So now I want to talk a bit about: Are you being hard enough on yourself? <laughs> okay, and I might go a bit against the grain here because there's obviously a lot of people on the internet who talk about, you know, being kind to yourself and showing yourself compassion and yada, yada, yada. And like, that's great for some people, but I'm going to be very brutally honest here. Most people are in a position that they don't want to be in, whether that's, you know, overweight or unfit or in a job or unconfident um, or, you know, a life situation that they don't like. They're in that position because they've been way too fucking soft on themselves and gone too easy on themselves, not because they've been too hard on themselves, okay? Again, I'm not saying that this is true for everybody, but for a lot of people. And I'm not suggesting that you just bully yourself into changing either, but there is absolutely nothing wrong with holding yourself to a higher standard and just generally expecting more from yourself and wanting more from yourself and from your life and from what you can achieve, like, I'll be honest, my fuel, my inner chatter is very, very, is quite negative at times, okay? Um, And I used to think that this was a really bad thing. And I'm not saying it's like necessarily a very good thing either, um, because it's it's not. But I also know that I am the way that I am and I am the person that I am and I have the life that I live and everything that I've achieved because I am this way and because I continually push myself for more and I want more for myself in every well in most areas of life if you were to ask Shane he would probably say your standards for your um you know cleanliness in the house are not very high but uh (laughs) I just don't see dirt in the house not dirt dirt is not the right word mess I'm not a tidy person I will admit but in the areas that I care about (laughs) I hold high standards for myself and so I think I've been trying to work this year, especially with with therapy, as like using the voice for fuel um, and seeing it as a good thing and not necessarily a bad thing. And also learning when to work with the voice and when the voice is maybe taking things a bit too far and when to try and tone it down a little bit. Okay. But I really think that when we're, when we're talking about like being hard on yourself, you know, people say this and that would have quite a a negative connotation. You know, people would be like, oh no, like don't be so hard on yourself. But, you know, maybe we do need to sort of reframe this and see that being hard on yourself is probably just a way of exercising discipline, you know, especially when we, when we use it correctly. And I think that that's the key. And that's something I want to talk about is like, 
when we can be hard on ourselves and what we should be hard on ourselves about. So, you know, being hard on yourself is probably what's needed to control your impulses, control your desires. And if you leave those things uncontrolled, you will probably be in a position or a place that you don't want to be. And it's it's going to be really difficult to stay focused on your goals and to keep your standards high if you're not, you know, a little bit hard on yourself or maybe a lot hard on yourself if you need to be. And if you're hard on yourself, you're probably going to keep up your habits more consistently. You know, you're not going to want, want to let them slip and you're probably going to be more accountable to yourself and to your own goals. And if I know I haven't been living up to the standards I set for myself, I will be hard on myself and I might get a bit pissed off of myself for letting things slip. And that's okay because it just, that fuel just refocuses me, realigns me and gets me back on the path. You know, it's okay to stray sometimes. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to let things slip. But what's not okay is to continue allowing those things to happen and to not call yourself out on your own bullshit when it's needed. Okay. And being hard on yourself doesn't mean expecting perfection. It means expecting a solid effort most of the time. And it also means recognizing when you haven't been living up to that standard and then just fucking doing something about it and sorting yourself out and just going again. You know, being hard on yourself is, in my opinion, a very key ingredient in being resilient because it means you're going to keep going no matter what obstacles or challenges come your way. And if you're hard on yourself, you won't avoid challenges and you won't just let yourself take the easy way out. You know, you won't go for the easy option. Um, if you're hard on yourself, you probably won't skip the gym sessions or, you know, skip the, the hard exercises or the hard sets. You know, you probably won't slack on your meal prep or not hear, hit your steps. You'll probably push yourself to do these things. And then you'll feel way fucking better about yourself afterwards because you will have actually reached your goals or at least be a little bit closer to them. And I think it's really important to understand what we should be hard on ourselves about and what we shouldn't be hard on ourselves about. And really that comes down to the processes versus the outcomes. So what I mean by this is there's no point in being hard on yourself over things like what your body looks like, because you can't actually control that directly, but you can be hard on yourself about the standards um, that you set for yourself and your process. So what you do on the day to day. And so this is something I've been working on myself a lot. Like I was very hard on myself about, you know, my physique, how it was growing. It wasn't looking the way I wanted or, you know, oh my God, why didn't it look like this? Why doesn't it look like that? But at the end of the day, I can't really control like how I grow muscle. I can't control how my muscles insert on my body. I can't control like my genetics in that way, but I can control what I do, how I show up and how hard I work every single day. And I think this is where people go wrong is they're hard on themselves over the outcome, but not the process. So they're hard on themselves because they haven't lost the weight. They don't have their dream body, but they're not hard on themselves over the day to day. So they're not hard on themselves over the work that they're not doing, you know? You can't want the outcome and not put in the work and not do the process. You know, you can't be hard on yourself that you don't have a successful business, um, but then not hard on yourself about waking up every single day and like hustling, grinding, you know, doing the research, doing everything that you need to do. So trying to just flip that narrative and being hard on yourself when it comes to those minimum daily standards that you set for yourself, like things like how you manage your time, like prioritizing your tasks, the values you embody, the traits you want to showcase showcase each day, like be hard on yourself there, but not on the outcome of those. Okay. Because sometimes, you know, there are things in life that you can't control, but you can control what you do. And there is a line obviously that we want to tread carefully and that's being 
toxically hard on yourself which I really think it does come down to that perfectionism or expecting yourself to be 100% perfect and giving no leeway and that's just completely unrealistic and also then being hard on the outcomes and not the processes so again like don't be a dick to yourself but don't be afraid to call yourself out when you're just not fucking towing the line you know and be like okay no I can do better I know I can do better and I'm going to commit to myself and my goals and the future version of me that I want to be I'm going to commit to that person that I'm going to do better because you know you're capable of it and that's a really key thing is like it's about believing in yourself it's about being like okay well like I'm hard on myself because I know what I can do you know obviously if you knew you couldn't do fucking jack shit you wouldn't be hard on yourself but you know that you deserve more and that you can give more and so that's why you should be hard on yourself over okay and just to kind of wrap this up I suppose the the sort of thread that's been weaved through this whole episode so to speak sounded nice didn't it is this idea of having a growth mindset and i did do a deep dive into this on episode 36 so i'm not going to go into it in too much detail but basically we can either have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset in different areas of our lives so some of the fixed mindset you know and look most people probably know this anyway but if you've got a fixed mindset you think you can't change you think you're born with you know specific skills or abilities or talents and that they just stay the same forever um you know you think your personality is the same it's not going to change and people who have a fixed mindset tend to avoid hard things okay they tend to avoid situations where they might fail things that are unknown things that feel challenging they avoid these things and then on the other side of the spectrum if you have a gro- growth mindset you're probably the type of person who embraces hard things you know you probably th- think that you have the ability to change and adapt and grow and be better and you know you probably look to challenges as a chance to level up to improve your abilities you know and I see this all the time with people is that kind of fixed mindset and they're like I don't want to do that because it's just it's really hard you know and they they if they perceive something to be hard they don't want to even try so common especially with nutrition and like things like tracking people will say oh I just find tracking too hard um, and then they just give up and they're just like, oh, I can't figure it out. I can't do this. So rather than seeing it as a skill that they can work on, they just give up. And same with training. You know, people might try a new exercise. And if it doesn't feel great the first time or they can't figure out the machine, they're like, oh no, it's too hard. I can't do it. And it's like, no, it's, it's, you just, you've never done it before. You just have to fucking try. You know, you have to be willing to be bad at things and for things to be hard before they feel easy and before you get good at them, you know? And I think just in general, when it comes to any sort of challenge or anything that feels difficult or hard, telling yourself that you can figure it out and telling yourself that you can learn to embrace the hard things and that you can do the hard things and that the hard things are actually the route towards you getting better as a person. I think that is just so, so important. And, you know, before anything feels easy, it's going to feel really hard. It has to be that way. It just has to. And again, hard is not bad it's not bad. Hard is just hard. It's neutral. You know, stop, stop associating an emotion with it or some kind of negative connotation with it because that's not the case. Okay. I guarantee if you were to look back on everything you've done in life, you've probably done a lot of hard shit. You probably have. Okay. And yeah, hopefully from everything I've discussed in this episode, you have a bit more of an idea of why the hard stuff is actually the good stuff and why you should embrace it and be excited for it rather than avoiding it. You know, especially things in life like failure, like don't avoid failure. Failure is feedback and failure is a way to learn what to do better next time that you encounter all of these hard things. Okay. So 
I think that's kind of it, everybody. I think I've laboured the point enough today. But what I want you to take away from this episode and to start doing is that when you hear that voice in your head say that something is hard, notice it and start to reframe that as being a good thing. Start being aware that not only are the hard things temporary, things that you will survive, but also that you're well able to manage it. And because hard does not mean bad, it's not a signal that you shouldn't try, but actually the hard stuff is exactly what you need to be doing if you want to be better. And surely that's what we're all here to do is just be a little bit better every single day. You know, isn't that really the whole aim and the whole goal? It's not to be perfect. It's just to be a little bit better every single day in whatever thing you're trying to improve in life. So I think I'm going to leave it at that. And thank you so, so much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this one. It was defo, defo, defo. How very fucking D4 of me. It was definitely a bit more of a mindset type one, but I actually really enjoy doing these ones because this is the sort of stuff that's really hard to talk about in short form content. And as we all know, I fucking hate short form content. Um, but if you did enjoy it, please don't forget to rate, review, share, follow the podcast, share it on your stories, tag me at emma.curvin. I would love to thank you. Um, if you are interested in coaching spaces, I do have a few. Um, for the end of the year not many because I'm working on some exciting things behind the scene big moves coming to uh to excellence coaching let's just say um but I have a few so you can hit me up down below I've also got my link to submit a Q&A for the Q&A episodes down below and don't forget to join the free community as well for more content from your fave gym big sister okay thank you so much i hope you have an amazing rest of your day and i will chat to you very soon